Hi, I'm Joanne Vicknair, Meemaw, with It's Storytime, Meemaw, an answered prayer for stories that point children to God on the Truth Network for Kids. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it. Share it. But most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. What a treat and a nutritional treat we have for you today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Actually, I've been waiting so patiently to be able to do this show since the NRB because my guest today was one of my favorite interviews I got to do while I was there back in May. Annette Reeder is the biblical nutritionalist, and so I think you're going to be blessed out of your socks. She's written an amazing book called The Seven Foods of the Promised Land, but she has a YouTube channel that is so robust with ideas and thoughts, and man... Um, I, I'm sure this show is going to make you feel better in so many different ways. Welcome, Annette. Oh, it is my joy to be here. And I got to tell you, she she has this salad. Um, it's called the seven, you know, uh, fruits of the promise, seven foods of the promised land, right? It's the promised land salad, yes. And... So anyway, it, she has it on YouTube, and, I, and again, I'd done this interview at the NRB, and so I was so excited because it's got all these seven, I'm not going to give it away because later on we'll have to, we have a riddle coming that's going to get you. But anyway, we ate this salad, which has some barley in it, okay, just to give you another one of the f- food to the promised land, a lot of barley, actually, and some other things that would help along the way. And so my wife and I ate a great big one of these, so delicious, so delicious, and then we went to a graduation party in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, my. The salad worked very quickly. <laughs> and so that's a warning. If you do the salad, which is amazing and very gentle on your system, I will say, but don't just take off somewhere if you haven't been eating that healthy in a while, right? But, Annette, I got to tell you, we love, love, love the, the taste of it and the benefits of, of eating you know, food to the promised land. Well, that's why it was designed. That's what God was intended when he gave us these foods is so that we would delight in them and then we would talk about him. Yeah, and I love that idea you always have in your video that like, wow, while you're eating these these foods, you, you can be talking about how the Bible, you know, talks about um, the different ones. So I'm going to just jump into our riddle because... That way we can we can get that going and everybody will understand why I'm not saying certain foods of the promised land. Anyway, so speaking of nutritionalist or nutrition, right? Oh, not there, but they'll find the right music yet. Okay. Well, that's a question that's coming at the end, but we have to do our jokes first. But anyway. You confuse me, Robin. I'm easy to confuse. So... Here's my first of many wonderful jokes that I know you're excited about. What do you do if a biblical nutritionalist knocks on your door? Greg, I'm going to go to you with that one. What do you think? What do you do if a biblical nutritionalist knocks on your door? 
What do I do? What do, what do I do when a nutritionist knocks on my door? Yeah, have you got any idea in that? Well, most people go and and close the door to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) You could do that, but, you know, my answer is you vitamin. Vitamin. I love it. (laughs) Vitamin. Vitamin. And I bet bet you guys can probably answer this one. What does Kung Fu Panda cook with? Oh, Kung Fu chicken. Kung what do you Pao think? Chicken. Oh, what do yeah. you what do you think of that? What does the Kung Fu Panda cook with? A chop, uh, a wok, or a chopper? A pan, duh. Okay, my nutritional store ran out of protein powder today. You know what I said, Christian? What? I was like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, (gasps) yeah, they just, the hits keep coming, guys. So I once got dunked by a woman that was a nutritionist. You know what she said? What did she say? She said, come back to me when you know what's good for you. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So at the end of the shenanigans, I do, I would get to the point where we'd ask the question, Christian, of the where you can call in and win, right? So right. That, you knew that music would actually get here eventually. Normally. So I'm going to ask it now, and you can go ahead and just jeopard, jeopard me out or whatever. So here they are. What are, it's actually in the Old Testament, the seven foods of the promised land? Which are those seven foods? Which actually begs the questions. Did Adam ever date Eve? Or <laughs> maybe you've been figuring on that answer. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there, there might have been a fig involved somewhere. Oh, okay. Is that, that in the salad? Yeah, it's in, it's oh, in the yeah, salad. Of course, okay. yeah. I gave away some of them already, you know. But anyway, what are the <laughs> seven foods of the promised land? And if they guess that, Christian, tell them what they can win. They can win one of the fabulous prizes from our Kingdom Pursuits Prize Vault. There you go. It's all warmed Woo-hoo. up and ready for your answer to the seven foods of the promised land. You call us 866 348 7884 truth if you're digitally gifted. And we might just throw in a fig or two, because I'm telling you, um, I, I might ready be ready to eat some figgy pudding now that I've, you know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Robbie. <laughs> All righty. So moving back to Annette, um, I'm, I'm curious, how did... It was nutrition something, I guess, you studied in college? Or how did God call you into being the biblical nutritionist? Well, food, obviously food is an easy topic to get excited about. So I studied in college many times and then kept going to different career paths. But yet our health was a challenge, and we were facing a lot of things in our 30s. And it's like, wow, it shouldn't be this hard. And so went back to God's Word and had the biblical had the nutritionist degree with that being the bachelor's. And then it's like, but I've always studied the Bible. Yet even knowing the Bible, and many people study the Bible, it's hard to put certain things together if you're not really ready to learn it and understand it, or to let it you know marinate in your heart and in your mind. And so after several health challenges, I finally decided, and with some mentoring from a close friend. I decided it's time 
to really see what is what does the Bible say about healthy living. And so combined the the nutrition degree along with all the Bible research and the Bible studies that I've done and, and the different colleges that I've gone to with, with biblical emphasis. And it's like, okay, this is so right here. And it's right here in front of us. And it's been over 20 years since I've been teaching it from this perspective and not just nutrition in general. And we've not been on any medication since then. So it's quite amazing. Like no medications, none whatsoever. Well, during COVID, we had one issue where my husband had to take one for short term. But before we started this in our 30s, we were on the daily med. <laughs> it's like, oh, those are optional. I didn't realize that. And so, yeah, so today we are not on medications and we're definitely older than when we started. But it's just when you look at God's word and he says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, that satisfies a really key word in scripture. And he says, you will bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. It's, it's that satisfied. What are we trying to satisfy ourselves with? And then that drives our decisions as to what we're going to do about it. And then that drives our health. So it's, it just comes full circle. Doesn't it? And, and I don't know if you've ever heard this discussion, but um, on the manna in the desert, right? That one of the issues that they complained about the manna from what the Jews teach on that whole idea is that they, they would continue to get hungrier and hungrier the more they would eat, <laughs> right? That it, it left them with this idea of not being satiated, of, of, of being full, because they, the more you ate, the more you wanted to eat. And of course, you could only use a day's stuff. And so what they teach on that is it's the idea of God's word is the more you eat, the more you want to eat. Isn't that cool? And so that I, that idea of satiated is like, I know we both come at it from that angle of like, oh yeah, um, Jesus said he was the bread of life. <laughs> so we're thinking bread may have something to do with this. And unfortunately, you know, bread's almost outlawed by so many people today. But you've got some answers for that too. So we got so much more coming up with our biblical nutritionalist. And you can call in with the seven foods of the promised land and win 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And so amazing today, we have Annette Reader. She is the biblical nutritionalist, an amazing, profound YouTube channel there. Um, again, you can go to kingdompursuits.com and we've got all the links there to her website as well as her YouTube channel. And then she, there you can find all sorts of resources. She has books and all sorts of interesting, cool things. But, um, you know, as you were talking right before the break in that, that you and your husband uh, were able to take some of what you learned from the Bible there and, and get off medications. What were some of those first things that you learned? Well, it's, it's going to sound very elementary, but it's just the word trust. I had to put aside all of my belief and values in science and just go back and trust God's word. And when we did that, it's like, okay, Lord, this is what your scripture says. This is how Daniel ate. This is how, uh, this is how Ruth and Boaz enjoyed, you know, barley, roasted barley on their first date. And so I had to go back and was like, okay, teach me your word. Teach me what are the principles that I can follow so that we can change our health. 
and within 30 days, our health totally transformed. And so barley was part of that original thing you started doing? Well, it was. What, what my husband and I did was we just ate like Daniel ate. You know, Daniel does three different times. He takes time out for fasting just because he needs to see God at work. And Daniel was raised as a child to always call upon the Lord when he needed him. Daniel was one that it was just a natural reaction when you're being asked to change your belief system for him to say, but yet this is who I am and therefore I'm going to fast for, you know, 21 days so that I can call upon the Lord and the Lord totally provided for him. So, and you'll hear it in many different avenues, but the Daniel fast is, is just eating the foods that God called good, eating the foods as close to the way he designed them, and then don't let any food become your God. Well, if you go 21 days and you're only eating foods that have no animal products in there, now animal products have their place, so I'm not saying those are wrong, but for us, we needed a transformation. We had to get the doctor off our back because they were writing prescriptions as if we were to wallpaper our home, our entire home. This is when they were written scripts, <laughs> not electronic. Uh, yeah, I understand. And, and we just, we needed answers. Uh, so I was like, okay, so we're going to go ahead and do this. We're just going to remove all processed food, all animal products. And within 30 days, and we said 21 days, but we went ahead and did it 30 days just to master it. And weight fell off, and triglycerides dropped from 900 to 140. Cholesterol went from 300 to 160. Uh, no more need for the medications. And three days in, no more Prevacid was needed. Hasn't needed it since. And so we realized, oh, we don't. I don't have to know all the science. All I have to know is that I can trust the Lord my God. Because he says over and over and over, these are the foods I've given you. And over and over and over. And then after we did that, I started focusing. We started traveling to Israel and just really wanted just so much boots on the ground to just see the agriculture there, just to see how Israel, you know, just where Jesus walked. And then that drove me to the seven foods of the Bible. (laughs) I had to know more. Yeah, you found that passage, which obviously we have got this opportunity for you to call in when, if you know those seven foods, you can call us at 866-348-7884. And we would, we would love, love, love to have you call in and win something with that. And um, as, as you were talking about fasting, I, I came across something yesterday. I was studying um, Noah's flood, actually. And... I had never put together all the 40s that there are in the Bible, but there is a whole ton of why everybody was fasting for 40 days. And apparently, you know, if you look at at ancient Hebrew writings on it, that they knew that it was 40 days from the point of gestation of a baby before the heart begins to beat. And it's 40 weeks before that baby's born. And, and the letter Mem in Hebrew is the number 40, which all puts together with this idea of it raining for 40 days, right? Mem is water, or the water is the word. It's all kind of one thing. And, and so it's like a baby is floating around in water for 40 weeks. I mean, you know, get the picture. But during that time of that gestation period, 
it's not getting anything other than what God provided to begin with because until the heart beats, right, the cells are completely splitting and doing all that on their own without any other nutrition, right? Exactly. And so that idea of transformation and 40, like, it, it really is remarkable. And, and so it's really, really cool to me. And, and, you know, I've got a lot of friends that have taught me that the whole idea of fasting regularly is really a huge way um, to help you not become a slave to food. Well, it goes back to what you were saying about the Israelites and the manna and, and the Jewish readings that you've been following as far as the more you eat, the more you want to eat. And that is just what happens because, first of all, it starts with our, our brain and we're, we're in our thoughts. And that's why I, I started with the word satisfied. So satisfied is a decision. It's a choice of the heart. It's not a biological function. It's a decision. And so when we decide to eat more than we want or to eat foods that are going to overstimulate our palate or overstimulate our cells' activity, then it's going to drive us to eat more and to eat more of the foods that are going to cause harm. Yet God's foods will never cause harm. And, and it's very hard to overeat on God's foods. I mean, even though you mentioned the manna, they would eat more. That was because they just chose to. It wasn't because you really needed it. You were already satisfied. And so I have a funny story. I was going to Hawaii for my first trip, and 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 I was just I was so into eating organic, and I'm like, oh, I so want to make sure I have good food on the plane. So I brought with me an entire bag of organic apples. And I thought, oh, this is great. I've got it covered. I've got enough for a couple snacks on the plane. It's a long flight from here to Hawaii. And then I've got snacks while we're in the hotel, just in case there's no good food there. Well, we're halfway in the flight, and I'm reading this novel, and I'm really just totally enhanced with it. And they say on the the, uh, intercom that, you know, no you know, make sure you don't have any, you know, food substances <laughs> or anything with you on that flight. And, and, I'm, and I'm listening to this, and I'm looking at my husband, and I'm like, oh, we're in such trouble. We're in such trouble. So I started passing to my husband apples, like, we have to eat all these, because I'm in the mindset. <laughs> I was raised to be so frugal. We can't throw anything away or waste it. And I had a friend with me. I'm like, here, start eating apples. And so in that novel, you see these apple stickers, like every, every 30, 40 pages. <laughs> and I ate so many apples. I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of apples by the time we got there. But uh, between me and a couple other people, we finished the whole bag. But it's like, we never want to see another apple. <laughs> so it was just. It was just crazy. I get the picture. It's funny. As soon as you started to say, they came over the intercom. I was like, yeah, I don't think you can take fruit. And <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, they kind of depend on their agriculture. And that, that but the, along those lines, I, I love, you live in Virginia, as I understand, in Richmond. And, and you now grow a lot of what, you know, to get the, the full benefit of, talk about organic. If you grew it yourself, you clearly know, right? Well, and so much more so than, than that about being organic, food prices are so high now. And people keep writing to me saying, Annette, I can't afford to eat healthy. And my goal is to say, yes, you can. Yes, you can, because if you just have a flower pot, you can grow a food. If you just have a windowsill, you can grow food. And so, once again, we're coming back to that mindset. Do you want to be satisfied in what God's going to do, or you want to set up boundaries as like, oh, well, I know he can't do this, so therefore I will you know, not do it. 
But yes, I do. I have I have garden beds and I've got the fruit trees growing. And yes, so between me and the squirrels, we're eating very organically. <laughs> yeah, and the deer and whatever else comes into your yard. I get that. I've you know, been down that road. So I am shocked that nobody apparently has gotten the seven foods of the promised land. I'm shocked that nobody's called in and won. But, you know, I want to move to that because I... I you, you found that passage and then you went to Israel. And so just go ahead and, you know, spill the beans if you like and, and begin to talk about that subject because I can see from your latest work that you're really excited about that subject. Well, I am because when we read scripture and many times if we aren't really focused on something, we just glance over certain words. Well, story after story, and I shouldn't say story, but biblical account after biblical account there are references, as you brought up, to numbers, but there's numerous references to food. Food is a teaching element of so many stories. So when I made my first trip to Israel, I hadn't, I hadn't really, you know, honed in on this verse, but every gift shop had pomegranates. And I'm like, what is up with the pomegranates? And I'm like, I know they're in Bible, but how important are they? So I told myself, I'm not coming back until I know what those seven foods are and why pomegranates are so important. So I just did this intensive into pomegranates. Well, the more I studied it, the more I realized, you know, pomegranates, they represent royalty. That's why they're carved, you know, outside the temple of the Holy of Holies into the pillars. That's why they're on, they're stitched on the high priest robe because of how, what they represent. But then when we bring in science, which they didn't have back then, we see that pomegranates actually can improve the DNA of your cells. They have this elagic acid in them that actually helps with your anti-aging system. So, so I always jokingly say, if you want to look younger, because it's for your skin too, if you want to look younger than your friends, then you need to really be sneaking in some pomegranates into your daily plan. And so they have such powerful effects, and especially on your bloodstream. Okay, well, we're going to come back with more of the foods of the promised land. And we have Nancy in Chapel Hill who's got an answer for us before we spill all the beans. <laughs> and so how fun. I, I am so grateful for your listening today. And I think you're going to really enjoy the rest of the show. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And so fun today we have Annette Reeder with us, the biblical nutritionist, and remind you that she's got an amazingly robust YouTube channel with tons of recipes, tons of ideas on food, like all these things that, that, that really, really make an impact and, and have made an impact on me since I became aware of them. And my wife, oh, my wife is now a fig lover. And so along those lines is the seven fruits and foods of the promised, promised land. We now have Nancy in Chapel Hill. I'm so excited you called in, Nancy. I am so excited that you called in to share. What are the seven foods of the promised land? Well... Robbie, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it seems like there's a little bit more than seven. Oh, yeah, I would agree. There are definitely more, but the ones that are listed actually are the ones. Okay. Well, the first ones that came up mine mind was figs and dates. 
like, oh, and you're olives, right. olives, of course. All right. And then she talked about pomegranates. So there's four. And I or three. know they had grapes. Right. And then the other one was grain. So it was like the wheat. Right. Wheat and barley. But what's interesting, when they talk about olives, she got honey there, too. Gosh, and that can speak to that one. But yeah, and that's the land flowing with milk and honey. But, you know, milk isn't on the list somehow. I don't know. We will have to talk to Annette about that in a minute. But let's see how many you got. Okay, you got <laughs> you got figs and dates and olives and grapes and barley and wheat. That's six. And what was the other one? Oh, and the, po- the pomegranate. Pomegranates is seven. You d- that's the one that helped That's me. it, Nancy. <laughs> you, you won. You won. You helped me with the pomegranate. Yeah, so Annette, what, what happened to the milk is what I want to know. <laughs> but, but that's a totally different scripture. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I wondered about the honey, too. Because didn't they have honey and locusts and stuff in the desert? Well, go ahead and speak to that, Annette. I think it's cool. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So the foods in the seven, so, the seven well, foods are Yay. all grouped together. And, and then Mary's talking and about and an olive oil and And my dad honey. used to and eat a lot honey, of these actually, things. There's it's a two pom- different types of pomegranate. I know you asked about the milk. And so it, it, we'd always have like a relish tray this is where in people, a way. And oh, I'm, I hate that. Unfortunately, our phone system is is having a problem and you guys can't hear each other talking so you're kind of both talking at the same time so if you wouldn't mind Nancy oh, we'll just let Annette finish her thought there mm-hmm. go ahead Annette okay yeah so I just wanted to address the honey first before the milk because the honey is within the seven foods in Deuteronomy 8 and the honey many people just assume that that's just a bee honey it's actually not that's where we get the word dates and in scripture, when you go back and you study that specific whole context, and you have to read the entire chapter, but in chapter eight, that is about a date honey. And many times the honey that they enjoyed was the date honey. It wasn't the honey out of the carcass. It wasn't the honey that the bees were making. That was a different honey. That was the honey that Jacob brought during the famine because he was gathering it from the bees because there's still wildflowers during the famine. This is actually a different honey. This is from the palm trees. This is from the date. And when people realize that, you'll then see palms, palm branches, you'll see dates mentioned throughout scripture because these specific seven foods are all about God's promises, his provisions, and his grace. And he shares that with us by explaining that you have a choice between blessings or a curse. And so this specific honey is a date honey. And when you realize that, you start making the date paste that we have in the cookbook. And it's like, okay, this is some rich stuff. This is really good. Oh, it is. <laughs> I can tell you, oh my goodness. Um, what me and my wife have gone through with the dates and the figs is like, man, what are we have? A, it opens up a whole new world. Um, it's so beautiful. Thank you, Annette. And so, Nancy, I'm going to let you finish your thought now. Yeah, and when... I was overhearing that she was talking about the honey from the dates. They actually now sell date sugar, which I use in my coffee. Really? Well, there you go. So is that what she means when it, when she's saying uh, honey from dates? Is that the date sugar? Well, I can tell you it's a lot more fun to just get your own dates and, 
and which by the way they have at sam's and great big clusters of them and i think they're organic um that man you can make some amazing stuff for those dates but um i've also got another caller ruth in richmond so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go nancy thank you so much for calling in and you're a winner so we're gonna get you the stuff god bless all right, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's great to hear from you. Bye. Oh, same here. Always great to hear from you, Nancy. And we've got Ruth is in Richmond, a fellow Richmonder. Um, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello, Ruth. Hi. What you got? I've been listening to y'all, and I, I, should, I should know something. <laughs> I'm 79. I've told you before, and my first child was a diabetic. Oh. He is now 59 years old and really does very well. I'm going to answer a lot of questions. The lady uh, before, I wanted to call in at 10.30, bless her heart, who just had the surgery. Right. And I want to share with her, she's probably listening, that collagen is a big helper for knees and joints, and it also grows a lot of hair. If anybody's going bald, you'll have lots of hair. I have a lot of hair anyway. You grew up with a lot of hair, so, people, you know. Yeah, what is collagen? But, uh, I, I'm not familiar with what, what is collagen? Um, you know, I've got it in here. I don't know exactly what it is. Let me see. I, I've, I take two of them in the morning. It's a like a builder and a restore, I would say, of the of the body. Okay, well, Ruth, um, I, I know you can't... I know it's very, very good for bones. Oh, cool. Uh, Ruth, if you could... i ha- right here. Let's see. Ruth, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, hang on one second. I want to hear what Annette... I know you can't hear Annette as well as I would like you to be able to hear Annette, but I'd uh-huh. like to hear what Annette has to say about collagen, because I've never heard of it. Oh, I get it all the time, and I get it at well, Walmart really and um, all the Actually, it says three as I was Again, unfortunately, it. Ruth, I know you can't hear Annette, uh-huh. but she, Annette's speaking, so we, we're, let's let her. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead, Annette. <laughs> all right. Well, understanding how God made our body is the beauty of where we are today with the science that we have. And so understanding that, we realize, and I, and I share a lot about this in the grocery discovery videos as I take you through the grocery store. As I point out the different fruits and vegetables, they have the nutritional value in them for your body to build healthy collagen. So collagen is needed for your tendons, it's needed for your muscles, it's needed for your skin. It's, it's just kind of like a matrix that just helps you stay toned and fit and it actually helps you stay younger as well. So when we aren't eating the foods that God created for us, we start to have aches and pains. We start to have joint issues. Our skin starts to sag. We look older than we are because we are losing that collagen effect. Whether we understand collagen or not, it doesn't really matter as long as we are eating the foods that God called good for us. When we eat what I call the lab experiments, then we're always, our cells are having to fight for the good and they're having to deal with the bad. And so we lose that elasticity in our skin. We lose that toneness. We lose the joint flexibility. And that's what collagen does for us. It does so much more, but that's just kind of a brief overview. And so I'm, I'm very curious, what foods would you suggest for collagen? Uh, well, well, many of the supplements. I, 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 suggest, I, I, I suggest, excuse me, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Annette. Uh, okay. Oh, are you so talking to Annette? Many of the supplement yes. industries will serve it from... 
bone broth or meat stock, things like that. But you also get it from your vegetables. You get it from vitamin C. Your body takes vitamin C to make collagen. So we can either take it in as a supplement, we can take it in with the foods that God's given us, but in God's foods, our body takes it and makes the collagen. Many times now, people just buy it in a supplement powder or in a supplement form to help generate that to work quicker because we've caused so much damage to our bodies. So both are good options, but realize we don't always have to know the science if we trust God and what he called good. Wow. And Ruth, I am so grateful for you calling in. I hate that our phone system is, is causing the, the, you know, awkwardness, but I am so grateful. And I love the idea of college and I learned something today. Thanks to you, Ruth. Well, I wanted to share uh, just a couple things. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to win anything or anything. Oh, well, you're, you're, we're going to send you uh, something anyway, but I've got to go to a break right this second. Oh, and we got okay. one, one more little segment, and I, I'll, I'll listen to what else you got. And uh, uh, we got Annette back, so stay tuned. We've got so much more Kingdom Pursuits coming up. With- Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. Today, we are really, really blessed to have Annette Reader with us. She is the biblical nutritionist which again is at kingdompursuits.com as well as a link to her YouTube channel, which again, she just talked about this video that she did about going to the grocery store and picking out the right foods, which I know as soon as I get off the air, I'm going to go watch. (laughs) So it sounds like it would help me with understanding my collagen. But along those lines, we had Ruth calling in from Richmond. Unfortunately, the two callers can't hear each other. But Ruth, you said you had one more, but if you could go kind of quick, because this is a real short segment. Are you still with us, Ruth? My own health and his health, too. Uh, Figs and honey, pomegranates, grain, uh, apples, ginger, dates, olives, and don't eat wheat bread. Eat gluten-free bread. Gluten-free bread. Uh, Not eating gluten-free bread almost took me away from here. And it's delicious. Gluten-free products are delicious. All right, well, let's, let's, let's get, I want to get Annette's view on the gluten-free, too, since, since you bring that one up, and that, that speaks to the whole bread issue, which is huge. And so, yeah. Annette, I don't know if you heard what Ruth said. She said gluten-free bread's the only way to go, but I don't think that is, is it? Well, we have to be careful where we're putting our trust. Well, I wouldn't again, say... Again, again, again Ruth, we got to let Annette, Annette okay, finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we have to look at where we're putting our trust. And so when you look at scripture, remember I said when he talks about food, it's a teaching point. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and then today all of the key authors are saying, oh, bread is going to kill you. So if I make a loaf of bread and I take it to a new, new, uh, new neighbor or someone who's you know, hurt, and I, and I mill this grain myself and I make it with spelt or kamut or einkorn or emmer or wheat, and I take this bread and I take it to someone who's, you know, not feeling well and, and I take it to them and they say, oh, no, bread will kill you. Why would you do that? 
and I'm trying to share with them that Jesus is the bread of life, and they're like, well, if bread will kill me, then why would Jesus be any better? And so the enemy has taken one of the main teaching foods in all of Scripture and turned it into the the, the, the death sentence, pretty much. And that's many of the people who are on the anti-gluten you know, bandwagon, they'll, they'll go that far. And I was not saying that is today. But so they've stretched the truth. And the truth is, when we eat the foods that God called good, and we eat it as close to the way he designed it, we get the blessing. But what has happened in all of our food is that the manufacturers, and I talk, I talk about this in the Seven Foods of the Promised Land book, and I share with you actually how wheat represents the triune God. And it's it's incredible. I'm not going to tell any more than that because what I share in the book is just, to me, it just blows your socks off. It's just like totally bakes the bread without any other. <laughs> Love that. So, uh, so we have to be careful about what we say is bad and what we say is good because if Scripture says it's good, then it's good. Then we have to look at, well, what has man done to cause harm? And this is where you have, you know, encyclopedias of information of everything that's been done to alter the making of bread. And they've taken it away from what God designed. But we can still make, I can still make bread as Jesus made bread. I can still serve bread and have no harm whatsoever. The amount of number of people that are actually certified and diagnosed with celiac is lower than most people understand. Gluten, so grain has been stripped. We call it the great grain robbery. It's been stripped of all its nutritional value. And then we've added a lot of synthetics to make it so we don't die immediately. And then we've bleached it. And then we've highly cooked it. And then we take that flour and we make bread. Well, it causes havoc in our digestive system. And so what they've done is taken out the nutrition. They pumped it full of gluten. All grains, well, not all grains, most grains have gluten. But the percentage is very small the way God designed it, because it gives us that rise, that puffing up, which is why we don't, uh, we add yeast sometimes too. Yet when we eat the bread, the way God designed it, our digestive system takes it in and knows what to do with it. And then it starts to bring that healing process. When we eat the white bread in the store, the restaurant bread, grocery store bread, yes, we are going to have havoc because they've stripped the nutrition out of the grain and left us with this bleached white puffy stuff, and it causes harm in the digestive system. So to just throw out all of wheat and all of bread with what people are teaching, that would be wrong too, because I want people to understand why Jesus says he's the bread of life, because the grain that he he made, we can still get today. It's not been totally cast away. We can still make bread like Jesus enjoyed, and that's what I want to do. I want to bring people back to the table, teach them how to make their own bread, Never buy bread from the store or eat it at the restaurant. Just make your own bread. And once you do, uh, you would be amazed at how your digestive system starts singing instead of complaining. It is amazing. Oh, yeah. My wife, um, I should say, and that just last night, you know, we happen to live by an old mill where they do it the old-fashioned way, where we, you know, they take the wheat and they turn it right into, you know, right there, and then she cooks it. And we had some of that grain bread last night that was, uh, was made with yeast that she had grown that you know that she did the starter it was so good but Annette I hate we gotta run what's one last thought you wanna get out to our listeners obviously other than go to your YouTube channel for sure but what would you like to share uh, I just enjoy sharing God's recipe for excellent health 
And as long as we step, stick to His Word, and His ideas, and His teachings, and God's Word, we can go on. We will always enjoy the wisdom of Him, and we will always be able to worship Him. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Annette. That was such a wonderful time with you today for Ruth and Nancy and all of my listeners. I'm so grateful for all of you that make the show. And now, stay tuned. you got so much truth coming at you. Encouraging Prayer with James Banks. This is the Truth Network.